Welcome to Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine. I'm Michelle Cobb, publisher of Audiophile, and this week we're celebrating our selection of 2022 best audiobooks. And today we are going to be talking about romance. So I hope you love it. Ha ha ha. Uh, this is our last interview, and we have with us author and Golden Voice narrator Julia Whalen. So, first up, we're going to talk, just talk you through the list of this year's best romance audiobooks. Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake, read by Kristen DiMercurio. Honey and Spice by Balu Babalola, read by Ruruchi Apia. Camilla Knows Best by Farah Heron, read by Sunila Nankani. Seatmate by Cara Baston, read by Amanda Ronconi, Zachary Weber, Josh Hurley, Carol Monda, Corey Allen, Allison Johnson, Eric Eves Garcia, Tanya Eby, and Dina Perlman. Something Fabulous by Alexis Hall, read by Nicholas Bolton. And Thank You for Listening, written and read by Julia Whalen, who is here with us today. Welcome to Behind the Mic, Julia. Thank you so much, Michelle. So happy to be here. Tell us about your audiobook, which you happen to both write and narrate. A little bit about the background. Sure. So uh, this is a book about Swanee Chester, who is a former on-camera actress turned audiobook narrator, who became a narrator after a pretty tragic event derailed her on-camera career. And at this point, she's kind of at the top of her game. But the one category she will not narrate is romance because she doesn't believe what it's selling. She's very cynical. But she gets an offer she can't refuse to narrate one last romance. And she is partnered with the most enigmatic male voice in romance audio as her co-narrator. And through anonymous emails and texts, because they're both recording under pseudonyms, they get to know each other. And she has to decide whether she is at a place of enough self-acceptance in her life that she is willing to take a risk for her own happiness. <laughs> so what is it actually like narrating your own book? Do you try to rewrite? I often hear authors try to rewrite as they're reading it. You know, with my first book, with my Oxford year, it was an absolutely dreadful recording experience for that reason, that I could not turn my editorial brain off. So with this book, I was so scarred by that experience that I, I made sure I read every draft aloud and I got very comfortable with my own writing voice before I ever applied my narrator voice to it. And um, I think part of the meta nature of this book made it just a lot of fun. By the time I actually got in the booth with it, I was able to enjoy the process and just had a blast doing it. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, it was surprising to me too. I was like, why am I enjoying this? I shouldn't be enjoying this so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a romance tale. Shouldn't you enjoy a romance tale? I mean, you should, ideally, ideally, yes. So how are you thinking about all the different character voices as you were actually writing the book? Did that, you know, return when you went in to narrate? Are you coming back to that? Did it impact the story? Like, how was that fleshed out, really? You know, I actually think I probably could have paid more attention to how much I was writing in different voices and accents into the book as I was writing. For some reason, I, I didn't. And it was only when I was recording that I was thinking, wow, I really did put a lot 
of uh, regionalisms into this book, a lot of very specific character choices into this book. But I think that's just me as an actor translating that into writing, that that's how I draw fully realized characters for me. I think that, you know, there were certain aspects of the story without getting too spoilery that relied on voice and relied on characters' voices being different enough from their normal voices that their identities would not necessarily be given away. And so a lot of that vocal description had to be built into the story as a result. That had nothing to do with me as a narrator. Um, It's not like I set out saying, I really want to make sure I do this accent at this point. I've done you know, I don't know, 500 books. I think I've done every accent one can possibly do anyway. Those were the the writing corner that I had painted myself into. <laughs> it's funny that you make it harder for yourself on the other end, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, you know, <laughs> par for the course for me, but. <laughs> good to know, good to know. All right. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you're a narrator, you're a writer. How did your experiences in the booth weave into this fictional story and you know what did you draw on in real life that's a good question because i i always i mean i wrote an entire author's note at the end of the book explaining how this book is not me right <laughs> and how it is fiction so i i mean i think the genesis of the, the idea is something i've been playing around with for about 10 years and it came from the very simple concept of i was recording a romance series with another narrator who i consider like a little brother to me and we were recording romance under pseudonyms and we were sending the most ridiculous emails back and forth to each other. And I just thought this is fodder for a rom-com. It's just very funny. <laughs> but I, I didn't know exactly what shape that story would take or how what, what even form it would take if it was a novel or not. And so in the development of the story and then, and then in the writing, the major question became how much information is too much information? Like when you're writing about a subject and a world that you know very well, what drags the pacing down? What does the reader not need to know? And my kind of decision making along the writing process was really rooted in the idea of does the reader need to know this to understand the story? And everything else I kind of let go. So there are certain common denominators for all narrators of like what this job is and what the experience is like. And I tried to keep as many directly personal experiences out of it, again, to kind of also give some daylight between me and my main character. But I kind of had to explain this industry to a reader that may not be well acquainted with it, even if they're audiobook fans. It's just not an industry that exists in other forms of media. There's no TV show about audiobook narrators. So I was conscious of that when writing that I would probably have to do a little bit more legwork. There's no shorthand. It's not like we all understand what a brain surgeon does, even, even though we know nothing about what a brain surgeon does. It was a constant battle of deciding how much information was too much. Now I'm sort of wondering about the reality show that is, you know, recording in the booth. I think it'd be pretty boring to watch. Oh, it'd be so boring. <laughs> it'd be so boring. We would just be a lot of people like reading sentences, screwing them up, reading them over again, and then going to make tea. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> I think it's, I actually think it's interesting the first time you see it. And then you're like, after about an hour, you're like, I've got it. I see how it goes. They're sitting there reading a book. There you go. Which is kind of similar of any process. I mean, I, I um, a director that I worked with many years ago and on camera always said, everyone's like 
most fascinating day on a set is the first day and the most boring day is the second day. (laughs) Oh, so true. Wow. (laughs) And I think that's accurate. So is there anything that will stick with you about writing this book or narrating this book? For me, the entire process of this book was really coming from a place of a, a love letter to not only audiobooks, but also romance. And that became much more imperative during the pandemic. I mean, I started this book right before the pandemic. And then when we all kind of went into lockdown, I found myself gravitating a lot more toward romance and what it was giving me at that time. And I wanted to write something that could gently poke fun at the genre while still obviously coming with like a full-throated endorsement and my love of it. And something really for not only audio fans, but specifically romance audio fans. And so this is a, to me, the kind of amazing experience of writing this book and also launching this book has just been the fact that I've even been able to tell this story, that it's an industry that I know and I care about and I love so much, and I was able to share that with other people. So it's a deeply personal book in that sense. And um and it was a deeply personal performance for that reason. Well, and it's gotten so many accolades, not just on the writing side, but also on the narration side, uh, you know, best of the year being one of those. So congratulations there. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's, it might sound ridiculous to say this, but I honestly didn't expect that. I, I really, I just kind of had, I wrote the book as a book and I wasn't really thinking of it as audio and to see the accolades that the audio has gotten, because that's just me doing my job. I really don't feel that I did anything different with this book, except that it was my personal story. And I, I, I uh, was obviously attached to it. And it's just really nice to see that that's resonated with listeners. It certainly has. So congratulations on a job well done. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We've been hearing from Golden Voice narrator Julie Whalen about narrating her own audiobook. Thank you for listening. This has been a special episode of Behind the Mic, all about best of the year, and we've featured so many great conversations with brilliant narrators all month long. So please take a moment to dive back and listen to more about the work that goes into making these amazing audiobooks and explore our full 2022 best audiobooks at audiophilemagazine.com. Today's episode of Behind the Mic is brought to you by Oasis Audio, publisher of Beneath His Silence, a gothic-style Regency romance from promising young author Hannah Linder, narrated by Anne Flodznik and available everywhere. This is Michelle Cobb. Thank you for listening. Thank you.